You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Free to have a seat. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. If there's someone who's comfortable, like Vijay, would you mind maybe shifting this table for me just a little bit? I feel like... I like seeing everyone, and there are a few people I'm, I'm blocked off from. Thank you so much. And hey, for those of you who are on Zoom, a big welcome to you as well. We're excited uh, just that we get to gather as one community in two spaces. So again, if you're newer here today, there might be a few things that you're curious about, like for instance, what happens with your kids? We do have a kids ministry that's gonna start in a few minutes, completely optional. Uh, but if you need to have a quick consult with your child about whether or not they'd like to go do some fun crafts and hear a story just over here uh, with the tree and the benches over in this direction, you could do that. Newcomers also often wonder about the bathrooms. There is a bathroom available just uh, inside this door and up the stairs to the left. Also a couple over here on this corner. Let's let the airplane go by for a second. <laughs> but we really are so glad that we get to be here together this morning in this space. You know, I don't know what emotions you're bringing in this morning after your week. You know, maybe you've had a hard week, but a great weekend. Maybe you had a great week and a tough weekend. I don't know. But whatever those emotions are for you, they are all welcome here along with you. Now, as we start off this morning, uh, we actually could use some help from our kiddos. Uh, and we do this occasionally. And this morning feels like especially important kids, we need to hear from you. And I actually will end up grabbing this mic for you um, because the adults here, after you go talk, uh, after you go so that you can have your craft and your story time, we are going to be talking about what we get to learn from you, what it means to have a childlike faith, to connect with God in a way that is childlike. And so it would really help us adults if we could hear from you before you go off for your story. So kids, the question if you would like to answer it, you can come up here and we'll form just a little bit of a line. You're going to want to come up this way because there are fewer wires, fewer wires this direction to trip over. The question is, what, how would you describe God? What do you like about God? Oh, I'm, I'm losing Zoe, but Beck, Beck, do you, oh, you guys are just ready for your story. Okay, some of the kids have already gone off and they're ready for their story. This may not work all that well. I think I confused them and they said, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. All right. Scrap that. What it is to have childlike faith is to be eager. <laughs> that is clearly the lesson here. And so, God, would you be with our kids this morning, and would you bless them in their eagerness that we could also learn from it? Amen. <laughs> All right. Little pastoring fail there. I was not clear in my directions, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> So we are going to be talking about what it means to have a childlike faith. Uh, we're in this series. You can actually put down the mic. Oh, yeah. I'm going in two different we're, directions. We're fancy now. Woo! Ooh. All right, I got all excited about having it for the kids and a little discombobulated, but that's okay. We're gonna recover. <laughs> so we are in this series where we are going through the book of Psalms, picking out some different Psalms, and really thinking about what it has to teach us about the rhythms of the life of faith. And particularly right now, as we think like, hey, there, there are just all these different seasons. There are seasons of orientation, which is more what we're in this morning, thinking about this sort of initial 
figuring God out, figuring out God out in ways that sometimes we experience as childlike, seasons of disorientation, which is what we'll be moving into next, and then finally seasons of reorientation, where somehow we get to put together the good and the bad, what's beautiful and what's broken, and just connect with God in a way that is full of much more nuance. So this morning, like I said, we are going to be looking at a psalm that really invites us into more of that childlike faith in this season of orientation. And so as I was thinking about this conversation that we're going to have today, um, I was thinking about a season in my life where I was going through a lot of healing. I was actually, I was pretty young, uh, newly married, and um, something about marriage uh, helped me realize that I was pretty messed up, a uh, little, little relationally broken, uh, and, and that I had some growing that I needed to do. And so I, I entered this season of really intense therapy. And it was super great. I mean, it, it, that six months of therapy, just, I, I'm not exaggerating, it changed the trajectory of my life uh, as I just learned so many things about myself and I felt healing in such deep places. But one of the things that I remember taking into that season, pulling out pretty early on and, and, and just coming back to it over and over again, was a picture of myself at four years old. And, you know, it wasn't a fancy picture. It was me by myself, you know, just kind of playing, smiling at the camera, just this very innocent, tender image. And I think the reason I found that image helpful to connect with at times was because it was inviting me to be tender towards my childlike self, to the, the child that was still inside of me, that had different hurts, that had different desires and hopes and all of these these things there was a sense of like you get to be compassionate towards this child inside of yourself um, because I, I tended not to treat myself with much compassion during that season and so I think as we come to the scripture this morning I wonder if that invitation might be for all of us could you Bring a picture of yourself as a child into mind. Maybe you have a favorite one from a scrapbook somewhere, a favorite image, you know, from way back before Facebook and, you know, all these other things became our, our sources of our memories. Um, could you bring that picture to mind? What did you need? What did you want from God and, and the big people who loved you or were supposed to love you in that season? What did, you, what did you know then that you kind of wish you still knew in that same way today? You know, the Psalms of Orientation, so many of them do come before God, reach out to God, connect with God in this way that really seems to invite us to think about God as our gracious parent. And some of those those passages, those images, are about God as Father. A father has compassion on his children. And that's how God has compassion on us. Some, song, some of these psalms are about God as mother, with the psalmist saying, well, I am like a weaned child with its mother. I'm that safe. I'm that content. 
I'm not satisfied. To be childlike is to be simple, but it's not simplistic. It's deep, meaningful, holy. I think connecting with our childlike selves, yeah, it, it invites us to this place of deep wonder, deep trust, deep joy. And so that's where we're going to be heading this morning. Our friend Lisa Carpenter, who has been joining with us on Zoom for months from Brazil, is here in person this morning. Woo! Lisa is a friend and actually uh, one of the elders at City Church of Long Beach. Come on up, Lisa. And she has agreed to read scripture for us this morning. So if you're here in person and you'd like to stand, uh, we love to stand in, in honor of the reading of God's word at home. Feel free to stay comfortable. Um, but this is our word this morning. Thanks. This is Psalm 33, 1 through 5. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Mm -hmm. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. People of God, this is the word of God. Thank you, God. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks so much, Lisa. So good to have you here. Oh, so fun. Uh, hmm. So there's this, there's this orientation towards God, this childlike faith that Brennan just described. Like, oh, mom, God, you're my mom. You're my dad. And there's this goodness. There's this simplicity, right? And yes, it's going to get complicated, and we'll talk about that in coming weeks. But today we get to just enjoy a simple trust in God. Just a simple trust that God is good, and we get to be joyful. We get to shout and sing, right? That, that passage is all about this very sort of physical, like we're shouting, we're singing, we're, we're playing the... How many people, how, how many people played the guitar? I can't see it. Okay, I see one, two. Okay, so they're like half a dozen, six, eight guitarists here, right? Imagine adding four more strings, right? And, you know, so you're, you're playing the 10-stringed lyre, it says, or the harp, right? Which has got, I don't know, how many strings does a harp have? A lot, right? But it's very physical. You're, you're, you're into it. But this is the idea that, like, let's be joyful. God is good, we can just live into it. We can enjoy God. If you think just even about that word to enjoy, it's like joy in. Like you let the joy in and then it just naturally comes out of you like a child. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of our kids who are over here, uh, when we used to worship inside here at Lafayette in our sanctuary, which we are going to do again, not to far in the future, which will be very fun. But uh, a couple of our kids, Oceana and Solara, who often dress as princesses, in fact, they may be dressed as princesses today, I believe, um, they would come to the front while the, the band was playing and they would dance. 
right? They would, just, they would just dance all around and sway with each other and other kids would go up and join them. And there was just this sense of, this is what it's supposed to be like. And people like me, a lot of times we miss out. We miss just trusting that God's like mom, mm -hmm. right? like dad, right? mm -hmm. like the Psalms say. We miss the childlike faith. And there's not a denial of reality in this psalm. Later in the psalm, it talks about death. It mentions famine, these sorts of things. There's not a denial of the hardness of reality. It's just that the focus is on the goodness of God. And if we allow that deep in us, it changes us. I was... Uh, this week I was out in Phoenix at a retreat and sitting under the teaching of this one woman who has done a lot with desert spirituality and the integration of desert spirituality and neuroscience. And she was talking about how when we actually trust in God's goodness, it changes the wiring in our brain. And she used a bunch of words and parts of the brains that I don't understand. I'll look them up later and tell you about them. But I was like, oh my gosh. Like, when we physically like lift our hands like at a sunrise, whoo, man, look at that, right? Or we, you ever close your eyes when you eat something so good? You're like, oh, like you want to shut down all your senses just to focus on that one because it just tastes so good. That, that's what, that's exactly what the psalmist is talking about, having that childlike faith and just enjoying the very goodness of God. Mm, so good. You know, one of the ways uh, that I think, think we see that playing out so much uh, is in how we get to connect with God through creation. There's been a movement recently, right? Like I've seen this like flagged on social media so much. It's called a thousand hours. Anybody else seen this? Like people who are trying to track, like how many hours can I get my kids outside? Like how long would it take us, you know, to accumulate a thousand hours of outside time? Because there's something in us that knows that we need to connect that way. That being out in nature is deeply restorative and, and maybe part of that is because it connects us to God in a particular way because we sense the holy, the mysterious, the spiritual, the divine. We sense God as we're out in nature. The Psalm 33, which Lisa read for us the first few verses, it continues like this, for he spoke God and it came to be, God commanded, and it stood firm. It's this callback right to the creation story, which as we talked about last week, the creation story, it's really not meant right to be like a literal, like this is how, you know, this is your science textbook. Uh, this is how the earth came to be. But it's a picture of what earth was intended for, what we were intended for. And we were intended for shalom, for this, this orderly connected goodness all of us fitting together, all of us connected, the, the world's right, the world's in its original best possible form. So God spoke and it came to be, God commanded and it stood firm. This world where everything makes sense, 
And we're all in a relationship with one another, with creation itself. Wow, doesn't that sound good these days? I know I have some passionate environmentalists among us. This is the picture, and it goes on more. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Can you let just your, your inner poet take over here? Because what beautiful language. God gathers the waters of the sea into jars. God puts the deep into storehouses. And God's amazing. As we look around, as we, we just see the beauty and the mystery around us, we are invited to wonder, right? To be curious. And haven't you all experienced that with children? I mean, you're out and you think, man, it's just going to be a walk around the block. And this could be your own child. Maybe it's a niece or nephew or, you know, your friend's kid. You take a two or three-year-old on a walk around the block. How many things you can stop to be amazed by along the way? There's a roly-poly. There's a slug. Oh my gosh. How does the world work? And the enthusiasm and the questions, the wonder, it all just bubbles up and it keeps overflowing and overflowing. It's so much. One of our friends, David Palmer, last week, as you know, we had some small group time and people were talking about this idea of, of having a faith that really is about creational goodness it's about this this connection to shalom and it was sort of a tangent i think and yet it was so so good the comment that david made to his group was i don't understand why some people are so down on us asking questions because if you've ever been around a child well the definition of being childlike is to ask questions to have childlike faith is to have a faith that freely, unreservedly, unashamedly asks its questions. Not from a place of skepticism, but a place of wonder, delight, curiosity. Because at the root, there's still this, this belief that there is a God who loves me. This world is intrinsically good. Erna Kim Hackett, who's a public theologian um, up in Oakland, she, uh, she was posting recently, particularly as Lent was beginning, and she was just expressing some deep tiredness that she has been experiencing uh, with the white patriarchal church. So this tiredness with all the structure of religion and then sharing what was actually bringing life to her soul these days, like how she was still leaning into her faith, what that looks like. And it was almost funny because the verse that she was focusing on is one of those that I think some people get so tired of, so jaded because we see it up on sign, like every corner evangelist is holding up this sign. Uh, people at baseball games holding up the sign, John 3:16, for God so loved the world. And it's almost like it gets to be overkill for some people and, and associated with all these negatives of religion. But, but she was saying, this is the verse that is grounding me right now because I need to remember God so loved the world. So she says this, I think about the world and I remember that Jesus came because creator 
loved the world and everything that includes, even the weirdness of sea slugs. And since we are in the midst of multiple global meltdowns, violence, seemingly never ceasing trauma and suffering, I will remember that Creator loves the world. And I will hold that truth in my body and breathe. And oh, that resonated with me. You know, as we marked this week, the two year anniversary of the pandemic beginning for us, of all the shutdowns, all the, the trauma associated in all sorts of ways with that, I was thinking of how much nature was a lifeline for me over these last few years. Um, all the walks that I took, I, I became a runner briefly because um, <laughs> it got me out of the house into green spaces. And I remember this one evening, I think it was a Friday, and I just remember looking at my husband Israel and being like, we must leave. <laughs> we must go someplace. And where we went was to the ocean. All right, let's just we'll pick up a picnic dinner, but I, I got to get out of this house. I need to be restored. I need to connect with God in nature. Some of us, maybe that's the truth we need today. Creator loves this world. We have to hold that in our bodies and breathe it in. So good. Uh, yesterday, Katie and I took a walk with a friend of ours who's three and, and his mom. And, uh, and we had the best time. Like, he, he, Katie's like, red ants, you know? And Sammy's like, and he sits down and and just, we just stared at red ants for a while. They're amazing, <laughs> right? I mean, red ants, who knew? You can spend an hour taking a walk around the block with a child, oh, it, right? It took longer than that. And it, it was around a, <laughs> it's because it was around a pond. So there was lots of, lots of flora and fauna. So, but, that, but that's this picture, right? Like this childlike faith is so great to just sit and watch. And maybe, you know, at, at first I was like, oh, Katie's going to talk with mom and I'm going to talk with Sammy. I'm like, oh. Katie has to talk with mom. I get to talk with Sammy, right? And Sammy got to show me the world. Mm -hmm. Such a gift, uh, such a gift to have this childlike faith. And, you know, what, is it, what does it look like for us? I think especially for us at, at City Church, a lot of us have had to deconstruct. A lot of us have, have had to take the, some of the painful parts of our childhood and, and the church experiences that we've had and look at those honestly and say, yuck, and start to dismantle them. What does it look like for us to go back and look at the faith that we inherited for some of us or the faith that we walked into at some point in our life and realize, no, there's good there. We, we don't demolish it all. No, there's the goodness of God is here. And to lean into that and enjoy it, to, to, to let the joy in. And, you know, creation is just like one of the best ways to do that, right? And using our bodies, being in touch with our bodies. So the last little piece from this psalm that, that we'll look at is this, um, this piece about God's provision. Okay, this again, we're thinking about God is good and our simple trust. 
And so in verse 18 and 19, this is what it says. The eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. You're like God sees you. You can trust that God will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You can lean on God's goodness like a child. Like these, these kids over here on Zoom, you can't really see them, but there are a bunch of kids over here in our kids' ministry. And, uh, you know, they have you to provide for them. So they're not worried about if they're going to eat dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. They, they don't think, oh, do I have to cook tonight? And some of us may have had experiences where we were very young and we did have to make those decisions as little children. And that that wounded us. And I totally understand. And I I don't want to discredit that and say that you shouldn't have pain to be processed. But I know the parents of these kids. And they're you. And the grandparents. And you provide well for them. And what does it look like to lean in? Lean in to mom. Lean in to dad. And trust your heavenly parent to provide for you and to let that goodness rewire you in a world where there is death and where there is famine, where we do name these things, where there is war mm-hmm. and say, I will trust that God is still alive and at work. And so as a way to kind of enter into this sort of simple trust, we're going to have a a prayer of blessing prayed over us. Um, And uh, let me give you a little bit of an an orientation uh, to it. So this is a a prayer to Shekinah. Shekinah is an old Hebrew word that means glory or means dwelling. And in the scriptures, it would talk about how God came and filled the sanctuary. And the, the oldest Jewish commentators right, from thousands of years ago in the Talmud, used this word, it was the Shekinah glory. And Shekinah is a, is a feminine word. And all the way back, literally for 2,500 years in the Jewish tradition, they've talked about Shekinah as this feminine image of God. Mm-hmm. And throughout history of the last 2,500 years, there have been all these names in Jewish tradition, feminine names for God. And so this, this prayer, it, it's kind of a chance for us to rethink what simple trust looks like. What if we leaned into mom, our heavenly mother, our God who provides for us, and, and let this just be a, a chance to let, stimulate your imagination, like looking at the red ants or the roly-poly, mm-hmm. right? Um, so Kim Bulasan is going to read for us. Um, so if you would welcome Kim up. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Kim. Um, and you know, if you want to close your eyes, you can, there may be some words that you don't understand or whatever. Just, just let them pass and just, here you go. Oh, you want to, you want to use that one? So it's, there you go. Okay, here you go. You got that. Whatever. We'll do the microphone dance. Um, hello. And, but just let it sink in. Like, and see if you can resonate with some of the of the trust 
and just the simple goodness of this prayer. Uh, it's written by Mirabai Starr, who uh, she's one of the great mystics um, who's, who's pulled together um, graciously for us this, this Jewish tradition uh, and put it in the form of a prayer. So thanks, Kim. Prayer to the Shekinah. O Shekinah, yours is the feminine face of the holy, the luminous moon who lights up the night as we travel from, from captivity to liberation, the pillar of fire who guides our way home, the cloud hovering over the mountain peaks, living sign that the drought is over. You are the indwelling presence of the divine. Whenever we gather to praise the one, you are here in our midst. When we cry out for justice, you make our hearts tender. When we stand with those on the margins, you make our legs strong. When we create works of art and parent our children and harvest our gardens, you guide and sustain us. You are the Sabbath bride, the beloved returned from exile. You restore balance in our relationships and wholeness to our fragmented souls. You infuse our lovemaking with honey. You fill the cup of our hearts, which trembled with longing with the wine of your answering love. You are the song of our homecoming. You are the Sabbath queen, the great mother, who sits at the heart of the table, tearing off hunks of the secret bread that contains the exact flavor each of us loves best. You feed us all, the proud and the repentant, the believer and the skeptic from, our, from your own hands. Your unconditional forgiveness dissolves otherness. O Shekinah, we are the vessel of your inflowing. Your radiance requires the clay of our environment. Your flame burns at the core of the earth. Your warmth penetrates the seedbed and animates the seedlings. You bless the head of every animal and kiss the tear-streaked face of humanity. You are the vision that builds community, and you are our refuge when the fabric of community unravels. Be with us now as we navigate the landscape of mystery where your most cherished attributes, wild mercy and boundless compassion Righteousness and wisdom seem to be cast aside and trampled by imperious world powers, and we are paralyzed by helplessness. Help us. May we remember you and lift you up. May we recognize your face and celebrate your beauty and everything and everyone, everywhere, always. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.